This pandemic continues to reveal new aspects of relationships, or rather spending time with people does. I think the pandemic is leading us to spend more time with each other. I think we used to spend more time with people. That is to say, not mediated by the internet or distracted by screens or other powered things. I shared a new analogy in my conversation with my mom that several people liked. I found that my stewardship, contrasting with my mom and stepfather's wanting to live like they always have, it reminded me of the 70s television show All in the Family. Not everyone remembers the show. It was, I was a little young for it. For those who don't remember it, the show garnered huge audiences and stellar reviews. I'm going to read from Wikipedia's page on it. So this is all from Wikipedia. I'm slightly modifying it. All in the Family is an American television series that ran for nine seasons from 1971 to 1979. The show revolves around the life of a working-class father and his family. It broke ground on issues previously considered unsuitable for U.S. network television comedy, such as racism, anti-Semitism, infidelity, homosexuality, women's liberation, rape, religion, miscarriages, abortion, breast cancer, the Vietnam War, menopause, and impotence. Now, this is Josh here as an aside. Note not the environment, at least not listed here. All right, back to Wikipedia. Through these controversial issues, the series became one of television's most influential comedy shows, bringing dramatic moments and realistic topical conflicts. All in the Family is often regarded in the U.S. as one of the greatest TV shows in history. Following a lackluster first season, the show became the most watched show in the U.S. during reruns and afterward ranked number one in the ratings from 1971 to 1976. It became the first TV series to top the ratings for five consecutive years. One episode was ranked number 13 in TV Guide's greatest episodes of all time. TV Guide ranked it as the number four comedy of all time. Bravo named Archie Bunker TV's greatest character of all time. That's the main character in the show. In 2013, the Writers Guild of America ranked it the fourth best written TV show series ever. Why was it so great? Why did people like it so much? This is me again, by the way. There's two main characters I want to talk about here. The first, going back to Wikipedia, Archie Bunker. Frequently called a, quote, lovable bigot, end quote, Archie was an assertively prejudiced blue-collar worker, a World War II veteran, Archie longs for better times when people sharing his viewpoint were in charge, as evidenced by the nostalgic theme song, Those Were the Days. Despite his bigotry, he is portrayed as loving and decent, as well as a man who is simply struggling to adapt to the constantly changing world, rather than someone motivated by hateful racism or prejudice. His ignorance and stubbornness seem to cause his malapropism-filled arguments to self-destruct. His foil, not the only other character, but the other main character I want to talk about here, is Michael Stivik, whom he called Meathead. This is his daughter's Polish-American hippie husband, and he's part of the counterculture of the 1960s. While good-hearted and well-meaning, he constantly spars with Archie and is equally stubborn, although his moral views are generally presented as being more ethical and his logic somewhat sounder. He is the most educated person in the household, which gives him a self-assured arrogance. Back to me again. So a major part of America saw a clash between a racist, sexist bigot and an intellectual, more considered egalitarian. It worked in part because the two lived in a house together. They were stuck together, leading America to see the values of two generations clash. Looking back, and even in that time, I think people recognized that Archie's views were unfair. He was racist. He was sexist. But you couldn't blame him. I mean, that's what the show evoked, even though out in the world, it wasn't quite so simple. He was living values that made sense to him his whole life. A wife lived at home. He grew up in a white neighborhood. He fought to defend these ways and just to live in peace. And now these young people who didn't fight, were undermining that peace. Why couldn't everyone just live how they used to when life worked? Those were the days. It was hard to hate this guy. He was just trying to live a regular life. He was just a regular guy. Well, he was a regular guy if you were just like him. 
George Jefferson, his black next door neighbor, didn't quite see him as so regular and didn't quite like some of the racist stuff. His wife, his daughter, other women, other people who weren't just like him, they didn't see him as so regular, but the show presented him that way. And you could feel, you could adopt that when you watched it, but it was still racist and sexist. The world was changing. He didn't ask for that. My conversation with my mom in which this came up, it came after we lived together for a month in one house together. As far as I can tell, this is our first time spending this much time together since the 70s. In the 80s, when I was going to school, I was out of the house most of the time and she was working. But in the 70s, that's when we were really together. And that was so long ago. Who remembers? She grew up without things like air conditioning or air travel that you could just take whenever you wanted. She and my stepfather, her husband, planned their whole lives to tour Europe together. They'd been there before, but in their 70s, they realized they couldn't just plan forever. A stroke or something like that for either of them could mean they'd never get to live out their dream retirement. Then I come in, in my fifth year without flying, and expose the guilty feelings they'd rather not face. They talk about going to Italy, and I talk about, oh, that's a lot of flying. So in this episode with my mom, I said, I'm meathead. I'm exposing conflict in this house, and that conflict is being played out around the world. By implication, they're Archie. They just want to live how they always lived. They aren't trying to hurt anyone. I hope I'm not being too blunt, but in their 70s, they just want to reach the finish line in peace. Why am I shaking things up? As I understand, they do care about the environment. They don't think about hurting people. They don't want to hurt anyone. They don't want to make it the big thing that they work on as I do. But what's wrong with that? They're not trying to hurt anyone. They're just trying not to make it the biggest thing in the world. My mom shared the episode that we recorded together of my podcast with many friends and family. Several wrote back that they appreciated the meathead identification. I didn't finish the thought. I didn't finish that analogy. I think they liked my identifying myself as meathead, seeing it as self-deprecating. But that character isn't a meathead. Partly he's written to be arrogant to make the show more interesting. But Archie, the racist sexist, calls him meathead. That's an insult from the guy who's a racist and sexist. He's a mean person. He just has a heart of gold. They got that my mom and stepfather were Archie. They didn't get that a racist with a heart of gold is still a racist. A sexist with a heart of gold is still a sexist. Racism and sexism hurt people. The show's writers made Archie a character we could relate with, at least mainstream TV watchers in the 70s, of which many of them were like Archie himself. But that's art. That's drama. That's to engage us. He's still hurting people. He wishes his world didn't change, but his world, the, the world he grew up in, it hurt people for accidents of their birth, their skin color, their gender, their sex, that no one, I don't think, would consider fair. His wife, Edith, whom he called Dingbat, often disagreed with him as a show of equality. He was often alone for his views. Today's conflict between generations would have to include stewardship of the environment. However well-meaning people who grew up when the environment seemed infinite, and no one really believed that we could raise sea levels or put more plastic in the ocean than fish, however much people remain ignorant that technology exacerbates pollution, no matter how much we wanted to say to save us, however much people believe that since planes should be solar by now, it shouldn't be their fault that what's coming out the back of the plane is polluting the world. They are acting just like Archie, thinking that women should want to stay home and that blacks shouldn't want to move to his neighborhood. A polluter with a heart of gold still pollutes, and pollution hurts people. My mom's friends and relatives enjoyed me calling myself an environmental meathead, but missed out that they are the environmental equivalents of racists and sexists. It still hurts people no matter how much they have hearts of gold, no matter how much they just wish that... I didn't want to hurt people. I just want to see Italy. I just want to see the Eiffel Tower. Why can't you just let me do that in peace? Because racism and sexism hurt people and pollution hurts people.
This isn't my opinion. Don't get mad at me. I might be saying it bluntly, but I don't make pollution hurt people. I don't make sexism and racism hurt people. I can't see it any other way. This nation and world could use a mirror being held to reveal its actual behavior, not its heart of gold. We know we have this heart of gold. We are plunderers and polluters who wish we weren't so hard that we see ourselves as lovable. Unlike the show, which shows the guy we agree with as stubborn and overly intellectual, my experience reveals that stewardship, responsibility, and degrowth creates a life of joy, community, and connection, not deprivation and sacrifice that people think. So yes, my mom and stepfather wouldn't be able to fly to Spain, Italy, whatever, but they could sail there. They can do other things. They can't live like Archie thinking, can't my neighborhood just stay white? Can't my wife just stay home? Can't all women just stay home and just, why don't they just enjoy it? It works so well. Why can't we just ignore the stuff coming out the back of the jet? Why can't we just ignore that all the drilling and the displacing people from their homes all over the world and destroying the land above the oil wells? I've found that dropping 90% of my waste, that's according to online calculators, when I plug in my, the change in my behavior, it seems my, like my waste drops by about 90%. It improved my life. The next few percent to go from 90% to 95% or so, that takes a little more effort, but it's also revealing more joy, more community, more connection, because it's bringing me to a world, a world like our ancestors grew up in. More trees, more vegetables, more fruit, more spending time with people that I love and care about. Bottom line, a polluter with the heart of gold still pollutes, and pollution hurts people. This is not my opinion. A polluter pollutes. Get mad at me if you want. It doesn't change that pollution hurts people, and not polluting brings joy connection and community, no matter how much you just wish, I don't want to be like Meathead. Well, I was being kind of self-deprecating with calling myself Meathead, but living this way, look on my resource page for people who are living this way, far beyond what I am. It's joyful. It's community. It's connection. We're waiting for you.